0: It's wonderful to have a friend <laughs> you know uh, often we think of baby naming who our friends are <laughs> uh, sometimes uh, uh, people we thought were our friends aren't and sometimes the people that we just overlooked and suddenly we find out they really are our friends <laughs> I was speaking with a, a man the other day and he was saying that thing that you know He's encountered a lot of hardship and sickness in his family. And he he was saying that the people he thought would be right there helping, they never showed up. But it was the other people that he never thought would show up, they're the ones that are constantly coming and helping. And I think in our life, sometimes it's the the little things, this is a quote from someone, the little things make a big difference. And so um, I think of that in our lives as servants of Jesus Christ that The little things we do make a big difference. And so never, um, never think little (laughs) of the little things that we do. Uh, I know that made a lot of sense, but little, 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 big. All right, so there we go. A few announcements. um, Keep in mind, um, no Wednesday service for the next couple of weeks. Next Sunday at uh, 10 o'clock is our morning worship service. And then the following week is Sunday School at 9, Sunday uh, Sunday School at 9 and Church at 10. Um, If you have any contributions you'd like to make, make the check out to Wimber Assembly, mail it to Box 361, Wimber, PA, uh, 15963. You know, um, we're grateful for the, the divine provision that God has given to us. Sometimes we don't think of what good things can come out of negative situations and it's important for us always to consider what God is doing now we <laughs> if some of you know what it is let me know okay <laughs> what is god up to well we don't we can't see beyond our our today's and our tomorrow we can't see beyond our tomorrow's no we can't we can't see pers- our proper perspective of what happens yesterday but we have a limited view, but God has a way of making all things fit into a divine pattern and to a divine good. Our responsibility is to trust, and to trust that God would know what he's up to, <laughs> know what he's doing. And whenever um, I was thinking in the context of what we think and what we feel about our present and our future depends on our faith. If we believe and understand the scriptures, we have a different understanding of today and tomorrow because those who don't have faith, those who are subject to their own thinking and the ways of the world, they can't see beyond their immediate need and what they want in in the immediate future. So if we see God as the creator, sustainer of life. Before the world began, we discussed this uh, on Wednesday night, that time began when God created. And time will end when, we, when he creates the new heaven and the new earth. So we have eternity past coming up to creation, and we have eternity future when crea- the created world that we now live in, the universe that we now live in, is over. So this space is called Time. And then we know that God, from the very beginning, before time was created, he knew what was going to happen. He knew every one of us. He knew exactly where we would be. He knew exactly what was going on in our life. He knows exactly what we need. But we then are called then to make good choices. We are called then to live our life in faith, believing that what God has promised to bring into our life, he will. And that, as we live our life, he he gives us the ability to choose, to choose good or to choose bad. You know, uh, in the uh, uh, Indiana Jones movie, you know, the search of the Holy Grail. The 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 um, the guy, the the knight, who's been there for hundreds of years. You know, and he says about choosing the cup. You know, they're searching for the cup of Christ, and uh, there is a. A pool of water, a what is it? A cistern of water there, and he says, "Choose wisely, because the water has the ability to take life or to give life." And so, I mean, this is just a story, but the idea is that the the guys who have no Uh, understanding of spiritual spirituality and and of God they take the 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 gold cup with all the diamonds and rubies this is the cup of the king of kings and he drinks and of course he dies but (laughs) Indiana Jones he knows it's a wooden one this is the cup of a savior well in our life choose wisely you know choosing wisely is not looking at things from how we perceive them now of course you have to have a perception. You have to have an understanding. You have to see how things are working and make our plans and work our plans. You know, those are, there's a are part of the, the, the process. But in that whole situation, we have the Holy Spirit. And we have God working in our life and helping us make those choices and weave our pattern of life that is especially for us. And in John chapter 16... I wanted to s- today is Pentecost Sunday, and I I, you know, th- I didn't preach on Acts chapter two because we've been doing Acts on Wednesday night, excuse me. But this this section talks about the work of the Holy Spirit, and I entitled the message "The Holy Spirit in You," <laughs> the Holy Spirit and you, and we have this understanding that. God's Spirit, we spoke about it in Sunday school this morning, that uh, the work of the Holy Spirit, he is the third person of the Trinity. He is not an influence. He is a person, All right, the, first, the third person, is of God. And that he indwells believers. He indwells us. So when we accept Christ as our Savior, the Holy Spirit comes into our life and indwells us. So he is not an influence. He's not the force Of Star Wars. He is the personage of God and The person of God Jesus says I go to the father and I will send you another comforter Another means one just like myself So Jesus is telling the disciples I'm going away But I'm going to send to you one just like myself. You're not losing anything by the Holy Spirit coming in my departure so when we receive God, when we receive Christ in our life, we are, if we won't listen to the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't listen to Jesus. You know, you know if I were here when Jesus was here, I'm sure I would believe. <laughs> uh, probably not. If we won't believe now, we certainly wouldn't believe back then because your life would depend upon it. <laughs> so we find that Jesus is informing his disciples in, in verse John chapter 16, verse uh, 5. He says, but now I go away, now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? So in this verse, he's telling him, I'm going away to him who sent me. That Jesus talks over and over again that I've come to do the will of my Father, and that he, he is going away, he's going back to heaven uh, to be at the, with the Father. And that he is going to send another. He's going to send a comforter. But they're in this whole process of, you know, hearing him say this. And, and he states that uh, none of you ask me, where are you going? Well, the disciples, they're confused. What's going to happen to us? We th- we, we've invested everything in you, Jesus. <laughs> we've given up our families. We've given up our careers. We've given up everything to follow you, and we thought you were going to be the Messiah to sit on the throne of Israel and, and rule over Israel. And you're leaving us. What's going to happen to us? <laughs> now, some, did you ever ask yourself that? <laughs> What's going to happen now, graduates? Graduates? <laughs> What's going to happen now? Well, we find in our life, as life changes, as we (coughs) grow older, (laughs) as we, (laughs) you know. What's going to happen now? Where are we going from here? Well, guess what? God knows. And so we must pay attention (laughs) that Jesus is with us. He's still with us. Jesus, where are you? Or where are you going? And they were can I say, worried, <laughs> about what's going to happen next. And, and this fear of theirs, uh, Jesus tries to um, calm them and to let them know, but it's only going to get worse because Jesus is going to be crucified, you know, hung on a cross like a criminal, and he, you know, in the... Um, Whenever someone dies on a cross as a criminal, usually they put them in a mass grave. Jesus had a tomb. <laughs> I didn't know that, that they went into mass graves. The, cri- the criminals were considered, you don't want your families, your families didn't really want much to do with them. So there was a, a mass grave in which they would throw all these individuals that they were crucifying and they wouldn't put them in tombs, they would just kind of you know, put them in a, in a hole. Well, Jesus, he had a tomb that he was to go into. So you imagine it was important for Jesus to be crucified. It was important for him to be laid in a tomb. And it was important for him to be sealed in the tomb so that we would know that there is a resurrection. And all of these things fit together as we look back on them. But as we're trying to put ourselves in the perspective of the disciples, what's going to happen to us now? You know, what's going to happen now? And so our challenge is to continue to seek him. And verse 6 says, because, But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. So you're sorrowful. You're downcast. <laughs> you don't feel so hot about it. You're perhaps regretting your decision to follow me. But nevertheless... I want to tell you the truth. Okay. Nevertheless, no matter what you're feeling, no matter what you're sensing, no matter what you think is going on, I want to tell you the truth. Now remember, Jesus has told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The truth is understanding the Gospels. The truth is that we have The Savior, Jesus, walking with us and and, uh, leading us and guiding us. We have the Holy Spirit, you know, in our hearts and lives. And so we are revealing the truth of the scriptures and revealing the truth in our life. So we have all these things going on in our lives. But the disciples at this time, they're kind of, what's going to happen now? It is in that period of time in which they're moving, (laughs) Moving on to a different location, moving on to a different idea, moving on, and it's like, is this transition, how's this transition going to work out? And Jesus says, I'm going to tell you the truth here. It is to your advantage that I go away. Now, that would have not sat well for the disciples, I don't think, because Jesus has been everything to them. They're listening, they're hanging on his every word, they're, they're challenged by his, his, um, his, 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 his topics and what he's teaching them, blessed are the poor, you know, all these things that are contrary to what the common theology of the time was, Jesus is telling them, it's, it's best for you that I go away. In their minds, there's, it's like, there's no way this should be good. There's no way that these things that are going on now and what you're telling us can be for our betterment. And in our life, I think sometimes we face those very same things. This cannot be for our betterment. This could not possibly be for our good. And and we're wondering, how can this be? Well, the challenge for us then is the Holy Spirit is there to comfort us. And we'll find out what that is in a moment. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. The Helper. Now, Jesus has been their teacher, you know, he has been their rabbi, but now he's saying that the Helper, and we know that the Comforter, the, the, um, the Guide, the that the Holy Spirit is going to teach and lead. So the helper is going to come. The challenge for them is to move beyond their understanding that Jesus is there and someone just like him is going to come. Well, that's impossible. How can that happen? Well, after they look back, after months and years, as they look back, They have an understanding of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three yet one. And they had no concept of what the Holy Spirit was capable of and who he is and how he he will work in their life. And that's why it's so important for us to understand the Holy Spirit. To understand that the third person of the Trinity is our helper. He is the one who is to help us in time of need that he is always with us leading guiding you know teaching training uh, inspiring convincing convicting he's all of these things about the word and about faith the 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 Holy Spirit does not condemn when we feel condemnation that's not the work of God now what happens is condemnation is sometimes it is a um, guilt thoughts guilt feelings sometimes it is shame it's a shame mentality that no matter what i do no matter how i am it's always the worst and i'm the worst and it's always the be- you know the worst of the situations and that's not god a shame based mentality is that it's all bad and i'm and everything's bad and i'm bad and it's all going to be terrible that's not the holy spirit the holy spirit is teaching us you know uh, i tell them sometimes you want to be an encourager an encourager is someone who is not just saying okay there there it's going to be all right it is that god has a plan and a purpose you must continue to work through the plan you must continue to make the best of who you are and allow the holy spirit to come alongside you and help as you are making progress in developing your life. You know, we sometimes, you know, when I thought, when I was in school and in college, I thought God left me because if he'd have been around, I'd have done better on my tests. (laughs) Amen, yes, thank you. It always amazed me how my roommates, this was in uh, liberal arts college, How my roommates, uh, they wouldn't take notes. They would just study my notes. And they'd get A's and I would struggle to get B's, you know, a B or a C, you know. And it's, how can you do that? Well, we just studied your notes, you know. Well, why can't I remember it? I don't know. You just must not have the ability. (laughs) No, they didn't say that. But when I left, Rhonda and her friends got my notes. They all got A's. Well, you're the best note taker we ever are. We, uh, yeah, they were all impressed by my ability to take notes. And my professors were not, abil- not impressed with my ability to take tests. You know, that was the, that was the problem. <laughs> so, but I take good notes. <laughs> and if you see my sermon sometimes, they're all in color, so I have colorful notes. But the the challenge is that God has a way to teach us and to lead us into all truth. And so he's telling them that nevertheless I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. The helper will not come. Over and over again, the helper, the comforter, the guide, the strengthener, the encourager has come. <laughs> That's the Holy Spirit. He's always there. That's His job is to glorify the Son. He is not less than the Son. He is not greater than the Son. He is not less than the Father or greater than the Father. They are all equal. And they all have a mission. They have a mission. They have a purpose. And as as a person, you have a mission and you have a purpose. You are not greater than anyone else and you are not less than anyone else. We each have a purpose and a mission. So it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. I will send him to you. Now we've spoken on the day of Pentecost and... Acts chapter 2, verse 4. When the, when the day of Pentecost came, the, the Holy Spirit came. And he came in, in a way that they could see uh, the the, the, see the tongues of fire, the fireball that came into the room. They could hear the, the thunder of, of a, like a rushing mighty wind. And they could feel the experience of speaking in a language that they didn't know. And there was this ushering in of this new era of the church. In which the Holy Spirit was going to be the inspiration and, and the guide into the church, knowing Jesus Christ and the resurrection. Up until that point, the disciples could tell you about Jesus. They could tell you about the resurrection. But after, when they when they received the Holy Spirit, they could with conviction say Jesus has risen from the dead. <laughs> Jesus has risen from the dead. He is alive and he ascended into the Father and he said he's going to come back. We have to believe in the resurrection because he said he was the first fruits of them that slept (laughs) and that all who believe will experience the resurrection and the life that he's come to give us. And his death on the cross is for the forgiveness of sin. And it isn't a matter of convincing. It's a matter of, Allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. Because these are not just truths, these are spiritual realities. These are the truths of eternal life. These are the truths that Jesus says that he came and died for, rose from the dead, so that we might have life and we might have it more abundantly. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Inspiring, guiding, protecting, and you know, covering, watching over us in all of our ways. Steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. God is directing our steps. Well, I don't feel it. Well, start walking. (laughs) You know, it's like a, a captain of a ship, and he's in. You know, he's turning the wheel and turning the wheel, and nothing's happening. He's still stuck at port. He's still got his anchor down, and he's, you know, he's anchored somewhere. But you pull up the anchor, ah, and the engines start. As you're going, we will find the work of God leading us and guiding us. You see, anybody can steer the ship. It takes a captain to chart the course. Jesus is the captain of our life, and we are the one who is steering Everybody wants to steer their ship. <laughs> and, but it's God who has set the course. And, and as we go and we find as we are going, and we're making adjustments and we're making decisions, we're, we're allowing God to help us make those decisions. Does he speak in as an audible voice? No. Well, what's the impression on your heart? What, what is it that you really want from this? What is it that you really want to do? You know, when I when i w- when i was graduating from high school i wanted to play football and i wanted to be a coach all right then you know i didn't decide that till about 10th grade so um, so I, I went to the guidance counselor and i said okay i want to go to college this is well it's too late <laughs> it's too late yeah well, you started you should have started a college curriculum when you were in 9th grade and you're going to start it in 11th oh but you can still do that. <laughs> so there I was, a junior, taking algebra and all these classes with ninth graders. And the, and the, and the, preacher, the preacher, the teacher, was very kind. He put me in the back of the room. <laughs> you know, you don't want this dunce setting up in the front of the room. You want him in the back of the room. So anyhow, I, I, I did all my classes, you know, the going those prep classes, all I went there. And when I graduated, I applied. I said, where should I go to college? He said, well, here's one school you might want to apply to. I went to one school. You know, I didn't apply to Harvard, <laughs> Yale. I went to Salem College in West Virginia. It was a good school. But you find that when you went there, I was like, okay I'm doing the routine but it was there that I started going to a church there I met Rhonda and <laughs> that's a side note but there I start went to church and I went you know went back to church Went, you know couldn't miss church you know you just couldn't do that you know you went to church all your life You gotta go to church there so I went to church and it was there in this church that I felt the call to become a minister Why didn't God call me to be a minister of my own home church? Because this pastor at that place had a a special school (laughs) that he sent people to, which was called Zion Bible Institute. And that's where I went. So we find that it was the desire to be a coach that set me in motion to go to college, which set in motion to go to one school that this person, you know, they didn't Know that you go to that school and God will call you to the ministry. <laughs> no. You see, as you are going, God will lead you. But had I sat at home on the tractor and said, God, why don't you do something? <laughs> he said, Well, you needed to move in a direction that I wanted you to. And we find that it was all in that changing and in that whole process. So, how do we know it's the Spirit? We know it's the spirit because we're making the choice and we feel that it is the right choice for this moment. Doesn't mean it's not gonna change, but that's the direction we have to go. So what does it feel in our spirit? Does it feel right? And in that concept, we find that God will work through us because it's easier to steer a ship when it's going than it is when you're sitting in harbor. You have to be going. And in your doing, God is working. So Jesus is saying that if I do not go away, go away, I cannot, this, the helper cannot come. So Jesus had to leave in order for the Holy Spirit to come and be amongst the church, and to teach and train the church so that every believer would have the same experience as sitting with Jesus as the disciples did. Every believer has the ability to sit with Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Read the text. Be inspired. Be uh, concerned or taught by the Spirit by reading the Word. He will convict the world of sin. Convict means two things. One is like a prisoner who is convicted, or a, a, a felon in a courtroom. He, he's, he's convicted of his... Wrongdoing, So the Holy Spirit can convict us of wrongdoing, but the Holy Spirit can convince us. See, the scripture says in, in Isaiah, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as wool. God is not against you thinking. <laughs> he wants you to reason. He wants you to understand. That there are things that you can't understand that you take by faith, but there are things that you can understand. And your belief can be built on substance and on rock, Christ Jesus. Understanding that Jesus is a real person, he did come in history, and it's proven he was here, and that the scriptures tell us about his death, his resurrection. And the coming of the Holy Spirit. So we have all these things in place. And the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin. You don't don't need to make people feel guilty. You know, you don't need to make people feel guilty for their sin. We just simply live our life and love on them and talk about our relationship with Jesus. And let the Holy Spirit convict them of sin. Let the Holy Spirit speak to their hearts because God will do more in a moment than we can in, <laughs> in a lifetime of making people feel bad. And he will convict or convince the, 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 of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me. When people are sent to or set off to hell, they don't believe in Jesus. People, you know, people have told me that. I don't believe in Jesus. Well, then you're not going to live forever with him. And you find that the, the idea is that Jesus is alive and this is what he means to me. And we allow the Holy Spirit to help us explain what he means to us. You know, sometimes when we're just doing our thing, Talk to, you know, well, this is what Jesus means to me. Tell Tell Jesus what he means to you. Speak of that relationship. Talk about what God, what he has meant to you in your life. You know, talk to him. Whether it's verbally or in your mind, talk to God about what he means to you. And we find that because they do not believe of righteousness, we find that of righteousness is that the Holy Spirit's purpose here is to shatter the pretensions of self-righteousness. That he speaks to me of righteousness, the righteousness that I find in Christ, not self-righteousness. I am better than other people. You know. <laughs> no. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's okay to be thankful for what has done, and this is, you know, this is an accomplishment. That's good but we don't use it to put other people down. Self-righteousness is, I am better than you. The righteousness of Christ is that we are all equal in the sight of God. <laughs> we are all equal in the sight of God. We all have different missions and purposes. You know? And then he says, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. The world cannot make good judgments. (laughs) It's especially righteous judgments because the the God of this world, Satan, (laughs) inspires them to steal, to kill, and to destroy. They can take something that is good and turn it around and make it evil because the God of this world doesn't want people to feel good about themselves. The God of this world wants them to look at things and make the things of this world the temporal things where they attach their life. That's the sand that people build their house on, their life on, and it just washes away. God helps us to understand that your soul and your spirit are eternal. and He wants you to feel good about that relationship with him. And that all things are possible to those who believe. And that there is no sin that cannot be forgiven. There is no sickness that cannot be healed. There's no purpose that's beyond what God wants for your life that he cannot fulfill. So these are the things of strength and honor in God and our faith in God and our trust in God that the Holy Spirit brings into us, into our soul and into our heart. Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. There are many things in our life that are coming, and we can't understand them just yet. The disciples, they weren't ready to understand what was going to happen when Jesus uh, died and went to heaven, you know, ascended into the Father and the Holy Spirit came. They weren't ready for that in this pot in this place and time. But there are things coming. And so I, we leave ourselves with this. We are to prepare ourselves for what God wants to do, what's still coming. And so we, we come with expectation. Even though we don't understand some things, it's okay. We trust. We go from the perspective of being built, of healed and strengthened by the presence of God. And he has nothing but good in mind for your life. Doesn't mean there's no hardship. Doesn't mean there's no disappointment, but all things work together for a divine good because God is in our life. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing our prayers. Thank you, Jesus, for knowing our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for being our friend We thank you for the Holy Spirit that has come into our life and into our midst. And that, God, we have that spirit, your spirit, within us. God, you comfort, you convince, you teach, you help, you heal. We thank you, Lord, for coming to be part of our life. Guide us each step. Let us be at peace with ourselves and with you. And let us work towards the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.